You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 46. We're talking to Rob Lauder about what your website needs most. Here we go. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, who's got two turntables and a microphone. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I'm Seth. Glad to be with you today. If you want to get the show notes for today's show, and I think you're going to want to, it's at sethmuse.com slash 46, and you can pick up all the links to the things we talk about here today. Today, my guest is Rob Lauder. Now, Rob is the director of digital everything at the Summit Church in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Now, this church has got like 11,000 weekly attendants, 11 campuses in the area, but they've planted like 200, and he'll tell you all about this in the episode, but he oversees all the digital for their 11 campuses. That's uh, mainly it's, it has a lot to do with websites. So what we're going to talk about today, he does a lot of other stuff too, but his main focus is web. He works predominantly in WordPress. So if you're a church with a WordPress website, this is the guy that can tell you how to do basically everything you want to do. And then you're not going to understand it. And then he's going to explain it really well next, the next time he tells you. So uh, he's super smart when it comes to web, he's definitely a coder, but he understands design really well. And so, you know how sometimes you get a web designer that doesn't understand code or coder that doesn't understand design. And it gets to be like, what is this website we've made? He's one of those guys that's a good hybrid of both. And so he understands the world. Um, he does all the digital initiatives. That's web, social, email, digital advertising. He even have a mobile app out there they use. So he's in charge of all that stuff. So here's a guy that is going to give us a lot of good content. Now, this is a short intro because we have a long conversation ahead of us because it is chocked full of great stuff that you're going to want to know for your website. So I just, I decided not to break this into two episodes because I want to keep trucking along here. Just keep coming back to it. If you have a chance and you love what you hear in the podcast, please go and subscribe and, and give me a rating and a review. That really does help. Uh, I love it to hear. I love to hear from um, those of you out there who are listening. Let me know that you're there. And uh, if, if you're finding value here, I hope so. If you are, go take 10 seconds to write a little review or something for me and just let me know how it's going. So thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And like I said, get the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 46. Here's my conversation with Rob Lauder. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have good friend and guest Rob Lauder. What's up, Rob? How's it going, man? What's up, Seth? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great. I'm so glad you're going to be on the show today. We have a lot to talk about in your field of expertise of websites. So tell us a little bit about where you're at as far as church-wise and what you do there. Yeah, sure. So first, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to share some knowledge and hope I can be helpful. Um, I am the Director of Digital Marketing at the Summit Church. We're in Raleigh, Durham, North Carolina. Uh, we got about 11,000 in average weekly attendance, uh, 11 campuses, two of those inside of prisons, which is really cool. Ooh, nice. uh, and then we've we've also planted um, more than 200 autonomous church plants around the world. Uh, so sending is a big part of our culture. Um, and so my job at Summit is to oversee all of our digital initiatives. That's website, social, uh, email, digital advertising app. Uh, I'm part of a 12-person creative team, uh, so we have uh, some video folks, we've got some writers and editors and designers, and um, uh, working most closely with me, we've got our social media manager and a web developer, 
uh, and we kind of work together to design and execute those strategies for equipping our congregation and also reaching our community online. That's awesome. That's um, a huge, that's a huge task. Um, so you obviously several campuses is, are you overseeing that for all those campuses? Yeah. So the way that we have things set up is, uh, we have somebody responsible for managing, uh, campus and central ministry accounts uh, on social media. And so our team, uh, kind of our, our campus structure is our central ministries provide support for our campus ministries. Um, same thing with our communications. So we have our central communication channels, but then we're also equipping those at the campus level and the ministry uh, levels to manage their account, help them create good content, uh, give them guidelines and support when they um, when they need it. Awesome. Yeah, we're kind of in that position, too. We've centralized our leadership um, at Hope, uh, except in the area of communications. We're still centralized pretty much only and just people take take random responsibilities that they like or whatever at campus levels. But we, we do resource them, give them guidance and that kind of stuff. So it sounds like you guys, I mean, it, you, it, when you get to be that size or 200 autonomous churches, you're having, you're trying to help, but, but uh, you've got 11 campuses you're helping. There's just no way to centralize that only. Right. Right. Yeah. And just to be clear, uh, those, those church plants that we send, they are their own churches. We, uh, we have a sending network called the summit network uh-huh. and uh, lead pastors and planning pastors spend nine months with us and then they're sent to do their thing. Uh, so fortunately we don't have to, uh, to yeah. uh, support all those churches. Yeah. Um, but, I'm but, glad you said that. Cause that seems like an impossible task. That's absolutely. really crazy. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, those, the, at the campus level, we, you know, obviously we don't have a big social media presence for our prison campuses. Um, right. however, uh, our, our nine, uh, campuses around the triangle, um, that are open to the public. Um, we're definitely trying to reach our, each, each campus is trying to reach their local community online. So awesome. the way that they do that, you know, cause it's going to be contextualized to the community, to the, the congregation that meets at that campus. That's going to look different just about everywhere you go. Awesome. And, and your, your big, your main focus has been in the past, the website side, correct? Like digital strategy and website content, that kind of thing. Yeah, so my background um, is, you know, I've been I've building websites since I was 11 years old uh, when I wanted to first showcase my mad Pokemon skills. Uh, the first time Pokemon was cool. Uh, <laughs> wow. From there, you know, freelanced through college, uh, started and built an agency after I graduated and got married. Um, and so our focus was uh, holistic digital marketing strategies, uh, but again, primarily focused on website. Um, and then... Uh, during that time, also served as an executive pastor of a small church plant in Western North Carolina, where most of my responsibility was was website and communications. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, I consider myself a, a jack of all trades and master of none. But when it comes to websites, that's probably uh, where a lot of my focus, uh, even today, still currently lies. Yeah, I think a lot of pastors, people who worked in churches in general— would probably feel that same way. We, we get pulled in so many different directions, wear so many different hats. It's insane. But uh, what, what, when talk, when thinking about word, uh, you know, um, websites, uh, a lot of us know WordPress, and a lot of us think about WordPress. There's Squarespace. There's other different forms. I think Joomla is still doing something. Um, what is your favorite platform to work with, and why do you love it so much? Yeah, so I've worked with just about everything over the years. Um, I started hand coding and Notepad. Um, and oh, then, gosh. Uh, I built my own uh, content management system in college uh, because I was um, overzealous and had no idea what I was doing. Um, 
but then uh, then I found WordPress, and WordPress uh, completely changed my life. And so for the past probably almost a decade, I've been developing exclusively on WordPress. Uh, as far as why, uh, WordPress powers a quarter of the web, and so you know chances are if you visit a website online, it's uh, it's powered by WordPress. Um, that means it's well supported. Uh, it's got a lot of uh, customization options in terms of themes and plugins, um, and then you can find training resources everywhere. There's tutorials abound. Um, downside of that is that it, it can be kind of like the wild, wild west, too. So you, know, you know, need to be real careful about where you find your themes and plugins. Yeah. Um, which, and, uh, which on that, did, did I tell you recently, I know we connect on Facebook a lot and we kind of chat here and there. Did you see, did I tell you that I actually broke our website the other day? Uh, I know you did it once, but you might've done it again. No, I haven't done it again. Oh, good Lord. No, yeah. I broke our website the other day. Cause we have a, we have a WordPress uh, page, but a lot of our plugins were written by the previous creator mm-hmm. and I didn't know that. So when I updated the new version of WordPress, it like erased them and overwrote them. And then the new version didn't know mm-hmm. what to do with them. So everything went crazy. Yep. And it was a mess. It was such a mess. And I was like, oh my gosh, I broke our website. So it was down for a good six hours that day. Yeah. It was awful. I do, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> and hopefully you've like, learned the lesson of good managed hosting and oh, having backups that you can restore with one click. Absolutely. We are definitely looking at new options in 2018. <laughs> yeah. our, our hosting site was able to... It's funny because our hosting site, and I won't say who they are because that would just be bad for them, but um, you can only access, you can only get to them through like an online ticket. You can't call them and talk to somebody. So in the daytime, I kept getting this one guy that clearly did not know how to fix my problem. He kept telling me it was fixed and it wasn't. And I'm like, okay, well, the site's not back up. And then at night, like at 10 o'clock in the evening, this new guy would show up. And he go, oh yeah, let's just report, restore this real quick. Bam. And it was done. And I was like, where have you been all my life? And so it right. literally took us 48 hours to really get it back working like it was mm-hmm. because of that. So you're right. Yeah. That hosting deal, being able to call someone or get a hold of them or help have them, you know, really watch what you're doing for you. Now mm-hmm. that I've, I've moved to flywheel, like you've, you've said a couple of times, flywheel is awesome. It's managed mm-hmm. hosting and man, I love it. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Yep. Invest in good hosting. Uh, if you don't take anything out of this podcast interview, invest in good hosting. Absolutely. Well, WordPress is a big one. I think a lot of us use words, WordPress a lot. So, um, which are you, a, what kind of theme are you using a lot for WordPress? Yeah. So if you've been around the church communications community for any length of time, you've heard of Divi theme. Uh, it's currently my theme of choice. Um, Divi's a theme builder, so it's not only like how you get a template, but it gives you a system and framework for building out layouts that are kind of customized and tailored to uh, the look and feel and structure that you want. Um, Like any theme, it comes with pros and cons. So uh, pros are that you can customize it in a number of ways. Cons are that you're going to be locked in to a theme. Um, But uh, currently, both with all of the new sites that I've been rolling out at our church, as well as all of the freelance sites and just personal projects that I've built, um, Divi has been my go-to for uh, probably over a year now. Um, and I, uh, it's, it's, it's supported by a, a company that's not going anywhere anytime soon. They have you know a team of developers working on it, and so I trust them as a technology partner as well. Yeah, and, and that's Elegant Themes. If you want to check that out, uh, does the Divi theme? Um, they're 
their, um, what do you call it? The capture lead magnet capture, uh, pop-up forms is called bloom. That's their plugin. Mm-hmm. Yep. Dude, that's an incredible plugin. It is so easy to use and it works so easily with your, with MailChimp or any other kind of third party email software you're using. It, it's, it's such a great plugin that comes with that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So you're dealing with websites all day. So let's get into the kind of the, the best practices of church websites. Cause a lot of us have websites. And in fact, we should all have a website. If you don't have a website for your church, this that's step one. Don't do anything else. Do that. Get that first. And, but the problem is a lot of these websites we see, they get neglected. They're not, they're not well used. They're not laid out well. They're not, they don't have a target in mind. Just kind of some of these basics that we, we talk about a lot. So what I wanted to do is ask you, what does a church website really need to be successful, to be a good website for your church today? Yeah, so we've already talked about things like, you know, what what platform do I build my website on? And you've got WordPress, you've got Squarespace, you've got, uh, well, I, I was going to name some others, but you don't have those. Um, platforms, one thing, uh, you know, what theme do I use is another thing. I think all of those questions come secondary to one core and essential question. Mm-hmm. And that's what's my digital strategy or what's my content strategy? Um, because if you don't know really what you're trying to accomplish, um, then it's going to be really hard to, one, uh, create a plan to accomplish that goal, but then, two, to measure success and say, hey, is this working for our church or not? Yeah. Um, and so the, the one place that I typically start if I'm working with a ministry in our church or a uh, uh, freelance client is going to be, what are you trying to accomplish and how are we going to get you there? Um, and that normally starts with content strategy. So understanding, one, who you're talking to, like who's your audience, um, and then what they're looking for, that's your content, um, and then uh, merging those two things together to ensure that you're featuring the right content on your website to solve that audience's or multiple audience's specific problems. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be elaborate. It doesn't need to be, like you know, I've done content, content strategies for clients where I've spent, you know, two weeks doing research on hey, here's five top uh, visitor personas that are you know, fictional representations of people who are going to actually show up at your church, and let's make sure that we craft an experience for each one of them. Yeah. Um, it doesn't need to be super elaborate, but it could just be a one-page Google Doc that says, hey, look, we, we've got two audiences. We know we've got our community, and they have a set of needs. Here they are. We have our congregation. They have a set of needs. Here they are. Um, which one are we going to prioritize? Um, and, and how are we going to work to meet the needs of both of those audiences? Yeah. And that, um, that question you just asked, how, which one of those are we going to prioritize? Is the question churches get hung up on. They, mm-hmm. they, they feel like we, we don't need to decide and you absolutely mm-hmm. do need to make a decision and some pages. Yeah. They're going to be more for your insider church person than the outsider. But thinking about that homepage and thinking about what goes there and what is on your, I'm new page. And should we even have an, I'm new page. That's what you're talking about for the community, right? That's the, who are we trying to reach with this first shot? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the way that we think through that, at, or the way that I think through that at our church, um, our church has a um, a very active, inviting culture. Um, we, you know, as a mega church, we have the luxury of um, a celebrity pastor who's well-known, uh, fantastic communicator. Um, and so our people naturally invite um, and then also you know, through um, through our local outreach, for example, we've got, I think, 95 local outreach partnerships in our community. And so 
Um, our members are always on mission, always uh, reaching our community, inviting them to small groups, and then they get into the church service. And so we have a very active inviting culture. That's awesome. And so through our um, our communication strategy then is we're going to say, hey, we're going to support that in whatever way we can. But our primary communication strategy right now is to make sure that our church is equipped and that they know what's going on so that we can serve as a resource for them while they're doing that. Um, and so if you were to visit our website or visit our social media channels, you're going to see that um, we prioritize the internal audience rather than the external audience. Interesting. Um, and so a lot of churches would say it should be the other way around. And I say, yeah, it really depends on your church culture um, and knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your congregation, how God has gifted your congregation, your people, and then your staff as well. Um, and then really uh, taking an inventory of like what's successful in terms of communication in our church, um, where do we have room to grow, and then um, really solving your unique communication problem rather than you know, listening to, hey, this is the, what everybody's saying you have to do, so I've got to go do it. That's awesome. I'm so glad you said that too, because you would never hear people say that, that our strategy is actually to our church people because they are the tool we use to reach out. Like that's a great, that's a great system. If you can have, I think it's ideal for most people, but we, we don't really have that a lot of times. So that's really cool to hear that, that you're, you're thinking that way and it working in a way that fits your culture and not just fits the, the current trend in communications necessarily. So that, yeah. that's, that's let good. Me, let me also caveat that with, um, I'd like to grow in the area of outreach digitally in 2018. Mm -hmm. And so we, uh, we were just fortunate to hire a social media manager for our church full-time uh, two months ago. You know, she's really been uh, taking our social game to a whole new level. Um, and now we have some more resources um, to where we can take that strength that we have as a church where our members are on mission and inviting and reaching people for the kingdom um, and then translate that to a digital sphere as well. So it's not like an either or, but it's a, you know, how are we going to solve these unique challenges through the channel channels and resources that we have? Yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make too. what you just said is that it's not saying it's either or it's a prioritizing and you know, that's, that's a very different thing to say than we just want this instead of this. Like we we're just going to the insider, you know, it's like, that's not, no church should do that. Right. And anybody that does is, is like missing it, but that's your priority. It's like, that's how you're reaching people out. That's, that's great. And I love that you want to, you want to grow in that other area too. What's uh what's something else that a church needs on their website to be successful? You mentioned uh content strategy. What else do we need to think about? Yeah, so once you have a content strategy, and even kind of a related to developing a content strategy, you need to know uh, what's working and what's not working. And so um, if your church doesn't have any analytics tools, like Google Analytics being the, the primary one, um, or other tracking scripts like Facebook, Pixel, et cetera, we can talk about those. Um, I think that's a, a critical need for uh, anybody who's managing a church website. Uh, so basically, you know, your pastor comes asking, hey, how many people have visited our website in the past month? Or, you know, what what sorts of pages are people looking at on our website? Um, if you don't have an analytics tool like Google Analytics installed, you won't be able to answer those questions. Yeah. Um, and then kind of tying back into content strategy, the first thing that I do, uh, well, one of the first things that I do when I work on a content strategy for a ministry or a church 
is to take a look at that Google Analytics data and see how are people currently using your site? Um, you know, what's the percentage of new visitors versus returning visitors? Um, how does that break down to different pages? So, for example, um, there's certain content that's going to be more appealing to a first-time visitor to your website that's not going to be as you know appealing to somebody who's been there for 10 years. Um, they probably don't need to know your story because they part in part wrote your story. Um, I've actually found some surprising data in um, in some of the content strategies that I've done for churches, and that's there's actually a lot of overlap between things that um, first-time guests and returning guests are looking for. Huh. Um, okay. And so, um, yeah, again, it's going to be different for every church. It's going to be different for every congregation, every city. Um, but uh, you're just kind of taking an inventory of where are people going on my website and how are they using it differently yeah. will help you to inform that content strategy question. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I'd love to know what some of those overlaps are if you have those offhand. But um, somebody asked me the other day, and we were talking about the website, and they said, we should just take our staff you know, page down. Nobody ever goes to that. And, and I felt a little bit like Oscar from, from the office, you know, I'm like, actually, you know, they do go there. It's like the sixth highest hit page on our, our website. And they're like, really, that makes no sense. I'm like, well, you know, new people, they want to come see these faces of people they're supposed to be connecting with and all this. So there's a lot of reason for it. It's like, yeah, sure. And for us, it's like, we want to know, you know, something about one of our staff members, our people look in as well. So the unique visitors to our staff page is, is pretty pretty high every day. So it allowed me to be able to say, actually, that's a pretty high hit page. People really do like that content. They really want to go there and be able to see us, see pictures of us. And not every church is like that, but for us, that, that works. What are some of those overlaps that are the visitor versus the, the, um, the regular attendee that you're kind of seeing in your strategy research? If you have, if you have that offhand. I actually just pulled it up. It's right in front of me. Um, Just to underscore what you just said though, like, you know, you're going to have a lot of ministry voices, leadership voices saying, Hey, I think this is the case. Like, I feel like this page isn't working. And, yeah. and, and so having something like Google analytics data where you can say, actually, no, it really is working. And here's what it's doing. Um, it, it, having that data really helps drive decision-making Yeah. Um, to your question. Where's the overlap? Um, so this is off of a content audit I did for a church plant, uh, running about 600, uh, two services in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and, uh, they were about two years old, really starting to settle into who they are as a church. And at that point in, in their, the life cycle of their church, they're like, Hey, now that we've you know kind of figured out who we are, let's take a look at our communication strategy and see if what we thought two years ago matches with what we have now. And so, um, pulling some analytics data from their website, um, the largest overlaps that I found, um, were sermons. So yep. um, both new and returning users want to hear the message. Um, you know, somebody who's you know, a prospective attendee of your church is going to say, hey, is this you know, a, a, a church that preaches the gospel? Um, you know, is it a preaching style that I find uh, nourishing and, and helpful? Um, whereas uh, your returning audience is going to be, hey, I missed last week's service. I want to catch up on the message. Um, Obviously, there's a discrepancy between uh, new and returning visitors on things like um, you know, the Give page. Mm-hmm. Your returning visitors are going to be more likely to visit the Give page than non-returning uh, visitors. True. Um, stuff like uh, community groups, um, 
there's a, a high, a, a large overlap. Um, again, putting yourself in the shoes of both audience uh, or somebody from each audience. You know, if I'm coming to a church as a prospective attendee, I want to know what's, what is there for me. And so my, my purpose for going to the community group page is to say, okay, what are these community groups all about? Rather than a connected member who's like, hey, I want to get involved in a community group. Yeah. Um, so the, the purposes are going to be diff- different, but um, there, there's there's overlap between those audiences and the, that, those specific pages of content. Yeah, that makes, so it's important. That, that, it's important as you're developing your content to say, okay, hey, is this now? Now that I have this page, and I know that community groups are important to both you know new visitors and uh, returning attendees. Um, am I addressing the needs of both of those audiences on this specific single page of content? And am I making it clear to help somebody take the next step? Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And it helps us to think through how our pages affect people. Because I think a lot of us will make a page and go, well, this is going to be for this group primarily. So we kind of forget that there's probably another group that's coming to that as well. And so it, it, it it's really good to think through like your pages and how they uh, how they impact people or who's going to be there. And, and seeing that overlap shows that, you know, you're never going to hit just one group. So it's, it's really important to think through the details of what those pages are and what they have on them and how they're laid out, how easy it is to get to them, all of that stuff in your con in your content strategy. So that brings me really nicely to what does go on a page that you're seeing in as far as like trends and websites today for churches that it's kind of like, we need to have this on our page or this needs to be something our page is like. So maybe give us a couple trends that you're seeing on websites. that will be good for 2018. Absolutely. So um, this is a timeless principle, but always make sure that you have the basics uh, front and center on your homepage. People want to have first, you know, clear first time guest content. It's going to be, what time do you meet? Where do you meet? Um, what's your church all about? What's your mission and vision? You don't need a, a, a you know, t- 12 paragraph mission statement on your homepage, but a brief one sentence tagline yeah. that communicates um, the, the mission and vision of your church. Like a heading and a subheading. Help. Yep. Yeah. So that'll help um, get you know the, the first time guest interested and intrigued to find out more about what your church is all about. Um, also, in terms of content, um, uh, having information about your central ministries, so your or your core ministries, uh, the ministries that are absolutely pivotal and vital to the life of your church. Um, and if you're like some churches, you may have 900 ministries. Yep. Um, we're going to take a stand here. This is a safe place and say that not all of them are vital. And so you might have to have a uh, uh, a, uh, a loving but firm conversation <laughs> with some ministry leaders Dude, to we, say we got to have that business directory, man. Got to have the business directory. We've got gotta to have the, the prayer shawl ministry featured prominently on the homepage of your website. <laughs> um, hey, I'll tell you a funny one. Um, I did a, re- a recurring. I did this thing in college where a church actually let us at seminary come in and try to help revitalize or, or basically brand rebrand. And so we did all this research and all this other stuff. And we found that one of the ministries that they wanted front and center, it was the life of their church. It was the best thing they do was a ballet ministry. And we started digging into it. We're like, how many people are actually involved in the ballet ministry? And it was a small handful of people, but it was their favorite thing. And we just could not convince them that did not belong front and center in your strategy. You're not going to reach the community at large with ballet. You're going to reach a niche in, you know, small town 
of, of the DFW area with, uh, with ballet and cause they were pretty far out from the, from the, uh, kind of artsy places in DFW. So I was like, that's not going to work, man. You don't need a ballet ministry to be your, your, your top, <laughs> top thing you talk about all the time. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, maybe helpful. Uh, not exactly, uh, completely related to church communications, but one way that our church views, um, ministries and members of our congregation or staff starting ministries is we have a framework that we call own catalyze bless. And so hmm. ministries that we, that, you know, are proposed to us or that we're evaluating will fall into one of those categories. Um, the own ministries are things that like, absolutely like, this is what our church absolutely needs to function. So our summit kids ministry, like yeah. we've got 1200 kids in our kids ministry every weekend and they need to be discipled and our, their parents need to be shepherded and equipped and we need to come alongside of them and support them in discipling their kids. So summit kids, absolutely core and central. Um, whereas, uh, some ministries, so say, uh, Bobby Sue church member comes to one of our pastors and says, Hey, I want to start a ministry to where I put a number two pencil on the desk of every teacher in the triangle that says, Jesus loves you. Um, it's going to be, we're going to bless you to do that. Um, go ahead and knock it out and come back and let us know how it works. Um, <laughs> yeah. but then we have ministries that are kind of in, in between, uh, that we call catalyzed ministries. These are ministries that we believe, um, advance the mission of the gospel, uh, through our church. Um, that uh, we would like to put more resources behind, but we're not necessarily going to own them as a, as a central uh, church. And so a lot of our local outreach um, opportunities fall under this category to where we're going to catalyze those ministries by providing people, by providing some monetary support, but ultimately we're looking to, to, to that organization to own that ministry. Yeah. Um, and so how that informs our content strategy then is if it's a ministry we own, we're going to be far more likely to put uh, you know, time or attention behind it from a communications perspective or uh, featuring it on our website than we are um, a ministry that's not core or central or to our church. Yeah, that, um, that's awesome. And so just, yeah, just having that that language uh, of distinction helps to um, to uh, head off any potential conflict in terms of well, we need to have our ballet ministry on our homepage. Uh, well, you know, our ballet ministry is going to be in the the blessed category, so yeah, uh, we're not going to put that front and center. That's a good way of thinking. I actually did a blog or a podcast. I can't remember. I'll link to it in the show notes. But uh, about tiers of communication that kind of follows some of those same mm-hmm. principles of how you decide what you're going to promote, when you're going to where you're going to put it in your, you know, social media on your, you know, your big video announcement loop, or are you going to put it in the email? Where are you going to put all this stuff? Like what's available to these different ministries and events and stuff. So I think that's very valuable to think through that for your website because it definitely drives your content and where it goes on the website. So that's awesome. What's yep. another, uh, what's another trend or something you're seeing for websites in 2018? Yeah. So one thing I've seen, uh, popping up and, and I've been getting more requests personally to set these up, um, are resource libraries. Um, on church websites or connected in, in conjunction with the church website. I think uh, the Village Church just launched tvcresources.net. Um, my friend Matt Harima at Beer Agency built that out and launched it last year. 
Um, we have, uh, I, I just launched something similar for the summit last year called the summit Institute. Um, cool. go to places for churches who want to equip their congregations and have like, Hey, if, if you need a resource, an equipping resource, you go here and this is where you find it. Um, rather than having like this, this piecemeal sermons are over here and then, Hey, we sent out a small guide, small group guide via email, and then a week later it's going to die when that content is good content that can be used in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, pooling all of those things in one place, um, I, I, even smaller churches I've seen um, starting to do some of this. Uh, the church plant that I just mentioned and the, uh, the content audit, um, as we built out their site, uh, we implemented a small resource section. And for them it included, hey, here's our sermons. Here's uh, a link to blog articles. Then are, they, they have a, a thriving worship ministry. And so, hey, here's you know, musical worship uh, pieces that we've produced for you to help you worship at home. Um, That's so great. having, having, having you know, be, be thinking through you know, all this content that you're creating as a church, even a small church. You know, you're producing a, a your certain pastors writing a sermon every weekend. Well, that sermon can be broken into three blog articles to address specific topics and can provide evergreen content throughout the week and throughout the year. Um, you know, be thinking through uh, getting the most life out of all that content that you're creating and a resource library or a resource page. If it's done well and organized well, could be a really good way to do that. Yeah, I've always thought, I think that's awesome. I've always thought that the stuff that happens on Sunday for most churches is like, I don't know, an apple that falls out of a tree. You pick it up, you take one bite out of it, and then you throw it away and you drop it. And it's like, there's so much more there for you that you could cut it up and make a pie. You know, you could do all kinds of different things with it, but you just took one little bite on Sunday and that's it. And there's so mm-hmm. much more that thing has to offer you. So it's, it's kind of like what you're saying is these, there's these resource pages with all kinds of different content that come, that could come from Sunday or it could be original. You could create on your own. Uh, I know a lot of churches do that as well. Resources, parenting blogs, et cetera, that they can pull and, and just create. If you have somebody gifted in that area, I think that's a great idea for, for churches to create a resource site. And it's that one place to go, right? It's, it's like mm-hmm. one, you can go get good stuff in one spot. You don't have to keep looking all over the website for it. Yeah, our our pastor uh, came back from a, a conference or, or something uh, with with a, a really good analogy that um, that we've been used to kind of guide our language on how we talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he used the example of a carrot farmer. Um, and so the, the the idea goes that you know you've got a carrot farmer, most successful carrot farmer in the United States. Um, you, you you think well you know how much can you do with carrots. Uh, but then you start to think about it, and you get this kind of like uh, Forrest Gump shrimp uh, yeah, yeah. idea going on. Because <laughs> um, you can take like you take the raw material, which is like the carrot. That's your 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 sermon that your pastor is preaching every weekend. It's like okay, well, what different things can we make this into? So the carrot can be made into carrot sticks, carrot soup, your shredded carrot, diced carrot. Um, you know, I don't cook with carrots all that much, but carrot cake. You get the picture. Carrot cake, which <laughs> best best kind of carrot. Oh, so good. Um, but you know, that 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 sermon content that you're creating can be broken down into blog posts. It can be broken down into social media clips. It can be broken. You know, you can turn that into a small group guide. Um, you can package it up uh, you know, in, in a number of ways. Um, right. And so th- thinking through, like, hey, we've got the carrot. So what can we turn the carrot into? Um, becomes a way to get more life out of that that content that, I mean, honestly, your pastor's working his tail off 
to 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 write that content and create that content. Um, it's a good service to him and to your congregation to be able to extend its life um, and reach more people with it. Yeah, that's great. Um, what's another trend that you're seeing on websites? Um, yeah, so hub pages uh, took off in 2017. Hub, um, hub this, pages? Yeah, this idea of having a central hub where you direct people to go to uh, connect to various ministries or various uh, events. Um, you know, think of uh, Nucleus from Pro Church Tools. Um, think of the, you know, hey, well, here, so here's the problem. The problem is we're going to stand on stage every weekend and we're going to do announcements. And like it or not, you're going to have some sort of, sort of announcement from somewhere. Um, where do you send people? Well, go to our website. Okay, where on the website? You know, yeah. Now I've got to hit my homepage and find out where this goes. Um, and maybe, you know, if I want to get involved in a small group, it's, you know, for on our website, this is the actual way to do it. You got to go go to connect and then go to small groups. Um, or if I want to go to a you know, specific event, then you know, I got to go to you know we have we currently use the city as a church management system, which is the worst thing ever created in the history of man. Yeah, I feel so sorry um, for you. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. That's <laughs> just personal well, opinion there. I'm not a fan. Are, we are going uh, Nero on the city, and we're burning that down in 2018. Okay. So that's one of our. Just don't quotes. kill anyone in the process. <laughs> I don't think there will be any pillaging going on. Um, but, hey, you know, casualties for the kingdom. Uh, <laughs> and so finding events at our church uh, has historically been difficult. And so, uh, you know, we set up uh you know this this process that anytime we're going to direct anybody anywhere for anything uh event related you're going to go to summitrdu.com slash events and there's going to be a list of links there anything that's uh timely and relevant to the here and now Mm -hmm. it's like okay hey we got this conference coming up well here's a nice you know banner right in your face about how to sign up for this this conference um but then below that we have um, events by ministry and events by campus as well. So they still take you to the city, which is rough, but at least it's getting you to the right place with only one click. So it's this, yeah. you know, this central place where we can drive um, our congregation through uh, uh, through stage announcements, through print, anywhere that we're going to tell somebody to go to our website. We're going to have, you're going to go to summitrdu.com slash events, or if you hit the homepage, you just need to click events. And everything you need to know is going to be right there. Yeah, that's great. I love that idea. And we, uh, that's what, that's part of our plan too. Cause right now what we have to do is we say, um, go to hopefellowship.net and click on your campus page. You know, well, that's what we say live, you know, but if you're yeah. showing up to the website without having come to the church first, it might yeah. be pretty confusing what you're supposed to do. You right. know, so, so we're not, we're, we're getting the, those that are there pretty trained to go to their campus page for events because all the events, that's pretty much what the campus page is for. Here's where the campus is. Here's when that campus meets and here's all the stuff going on at that campus, which is kind of church wide, but some of them are specific, you know, whatever. But that's, that's what we have to do now. I'd love to get to a place where we have something like a hub page where it's just go to this page. You can find out anything's going on and then it'll take you to the campus, whatever you want later. Cause honestly, if it's the same event, we just sign up and you just tell us what your page is, what campus you're going to when you sign up. It's like, we don't need you to do that from a campus page, you know? So there's a lot of thoughts there for us too. I love the idea of a hub page. Yep. And the, the way that you just described how that's working and how you're making that decision really underlines the, the need to like, Hey, we've identified a communication problem. 
-hmm. How are we going to solve the problem? Um, you know, one thing particularly around hub pages that I saw, um, is that, uh, once they became popular, I think church on the move probably put the the most well-known and one of the early ones out about a year or a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, once they did theirs, everybody's like, Oh, we got to have that. Um, and now you've got your standalone products that are used for it. You've got WordPress plugins like WP Church Center that are used to create them. And everybody just is like, well, hey, it's the trend. We need to use it. You might not need to use it. Like if you don't have that specific problem, then you yeah. don't need the solution. Yeah. So really, really be thinking through like, you know, what are our unique problems as a congregation? And then how do we solve that? And will this tool help us advance, you know, kick, kick that ball down the court? Yeah. Done the mixed analogy. Kick it down the field one more. Uh, <laughs> one, kick, kick it down the field one more goal. And We're going to hit that ball over the goal line. Yeah, and get a home run. Kick it into a home run. Yeah. <laughs> We're sports guys. Yep. All right. So you got one more um, trend, and it's kind of along the lines of where we were headed with this, but uh, standalone microsites and landing pages for events. Let's talk about that. What what do you mean when you say standalone microsites and landing pages? Yeah, so this might sound initially completely contradictory to what I just said, um, of having a central hub, but for... um, you know, in in my position, um, I receive a lot of requests from our ministries or from central leadership in our church or from our campuses um, to say, hey, we would like to promote this thing. What's the best way to do it? And, uh, you know, there's a, an off-sited rule in church communications that, you know, things like that affect 80% or more of your congregation, you, know, you can announce from the stage. But if it doesn't affect that many people, then you know, we'll use a different channel. Um, same thing kind of works with our website. Like, you know, some, some requests we get are more important to just, you know, than, than to just like bury on the students page, for example. Um, but not quite important enough for a homepage feature, but we need to provide a lot of information. Uh, conferences fall under this category. So, um, we just recently, uh, started, promoting a conference that we have coming up next month, the Summit Kids Conference. Um, it's a it's uh, an all-day event to where we're inviting churches to come see how we do kids ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we could just like, you know, bury that as a link on our kids page and say like, hey, here's all about our kids ministry. Here's you know, on the weekend when you arrive, here's what you do. Oh, by the way, we have this conference and then move on to something different. Um, but it's an event that carries enough importance for us as a congregation to say, um, we'd like to be a little bit more strategic about how we present this. And so a standalone microsite um, is the uh, the route that I chose to take. Um, what I mean by that is outside of our existing website, we've created summitkidsconference.com. Um, and it, it's a just a single page site with like, here's all the information that you need about the conference. It's going to have things like speakers, location, um, worship, uh, schedule, et cetera, that people can go to um, without being distracted by all the other things on the page. Uh, yeah. But we can still point people there from, for example, from our hub page. So on our events page, we're gonna, if you hit the kids events, you're going to see the uh, Summit Kids Conference. Um, yeah. Another way that we are using this in 2018, um, we have deemed 2018 our year of prayer. Two years ago, we did Year of the Bible. Uh, this this past year, we did Year of Discipleship. 2018, our focus and emphasis is going to be on prayer. 
Cool. And so, um, along with that, our, our, our staff has created resources like a, uh, a year long reading plan that walks through, um, how to pray and teaches you to pray through scripture. Um, we're having a monthly emphasis of prayer and fasting and, you know, have a, a day of fasting every month, um, with a different emphasis in each one. And then our staff is going to be producing written and video resources throughout the year, um, with regards to prayer. So we have all, all of this different content that's going to be very focused in its, um, in its application. Yeah. And so we created summitprayer.com and on that page, it's going to be, that page has a singular focus and that's our year of prayer. You're not going to be distracted by all the other things going on in our church. And its goal is to you know, help people engage with this initiative that we have as a church. Awesome. So when you get there, you're going to see links to our apps that help you that you know, our apps include our reading plan. Um, you're going to see the current, uh, current and past uh, readings for the day. Um, you can click there right on our website. We've integrated it with the ESV API. You can read the Bible right on the site. Um, you can sign up the email and that site is driving through MailChimp. Um, oh, RSS wow. to email notifications. So even even today, like this morning, I got my uh, daily reading in my email. It took me 15 minutes to set up. That's um, awesome. And if you guys can't tell, Rob is incredibly technically minded to have all that stuff <laughs> happening in a row. It's it's like the beautiful domino effect of if this happens, then this happens, then this happens. And it's happening while you're asleep, right? I mean, it's like absolutely. stuff's going on while you're not even paying attention to it. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, so the, the challenge that we were presented with is like, okay, well, we want to get these things into the hands of our people. We don't want to just like, hey, say we're doing the year of prayer, but then kind of forget about it. And let's be real, life happens. Yeah, ministry happens. Um, I, I think uh, you know we probably could have done a better job of carrying that um, year of discipleship throughout the year. I feel like we did a really good job kicking it off, and they kind of burn out steam. Um, this way we've automated it so that we don't have to have somebody sitting there uh, yeah. 24-7 and you know, sending out emails and, and stuff like that. Yeah, so, that's, that's a beautiful thing. The automation deal, people think that's impersonal, but man, it is so helpful when you use it right like that. It's It keeps it keeps your people engaged with something you want them to be engaged with at a long term that you can't do. I mean, you cannot engage people every day or every week, 52 weeks out of the year and still do everything else. You'll burn out. I mean, you need to have that going for them so they can stay on it, you know, and then you'd be part of it, obviously. But still, it's like so helpful to have that automation happening. That's Absolutely. awesome. And, and so tell yeah. me, tell me how you made the microsite. OK, because I've, I've heard a couple I've heard this word before. Some people would like create a completely different WordPress installation. Some would do it in, in the root folder. Now I know we're going to get technical here, but in the root folder of your, your original WordPress and just run it from there. So how would you do that real quick? Yeah. So nerd warning, if you are not a developer, this might go over your head, yeah. um, but just follow along and, uh, you'll, you can ask Seth, uh, to, to help you walk through all the specifics. I've now done uh, this twice. <laughs> I've done this yeah. twice. And both times it was like, it didn't quite turn out like I wanted. So I want to know how you're doing it. Yeah. So uh, about uh, a year ago, I realized, hey, we're going to have a lot of these little microsites. And the way that we had been doing it was, all right, let's uh, you know, go to our web server. Let's uh, install WordPress. 
let's you know get all, you know, okay now install our theme and then let's take all the you know the layout stuff we just built for this last conference and move it over to the new conference because all we're doing is changing the content anyway um and yeah. so that's a you know, a a long and tedious process that with um with one of the two solutions that we've landed on, uh, you don't really need to worry about. So uh, solution number one, um, we use Flywheel for our hosting, mm-hmm. and we can create a blueprint from an existing site and say anytime we want to spin up a new site, we're going to use this as our model. So that way, you know, I, I've got a – in Flywheel, I have a blueprint for – my uh, my preferred setup. So all my plugins, all the, you know, the, the settings that I want to have when oh, I start nice. a new site. Click – and it's deployed. I didn't know that. Um, oh, that's awesome. I have that too. I'm, yeah. I'm on flywheel. Yeah. So look at the blueprints. Um, additionally, so and this, that's a flywheel specific feature. Um, other WordPress hosts like WP Engine might have it. Um, the other option and the one that I've chosen to use for most of our events and landing pages um, is going to be uh, WordPress multi-site. And so the uh, the nitty-gritty on what multi-site is is you install wordpress once and then um you can host multiple websites off of that single wordpress install Um, it takes a little bit of extra setup um but uh the the benefit is that you know we've got summitchurchevents.com we don't promote that nobody knows it exists but um the only thing it does they do now and you go there and you can see uh, our logo and our social media links and absolutely nothing else. Um, but then we also have, for example, awana.summitchurchevents.com. Um, you can create subdomain microsites um, with your WordPress multi-site installation. Okay. So basically, anytime that I want to, um, within WordPress, anytime I want to launch a new microsite, I can either launch a brand new one or clone an existing site. And so I do this a lot for conferences. We, you know, I built out the Summit Kids Conference uh, a landing page, and then we had a, uh, a church planning conference as well. Uh, both of those requests hit my desk at the same time. I did one. I hit copy. I launched a new site with the first site's content, overwrote all the content, and launched a brand new site in a day. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yep. That sounds so, way easier to do. Absolutely easier. You know, once you get it set up, then it's easy. But um, yeah. you just you know, there there is that level of, of technical skill. Uh, in setting that up. Um, and so there are a number of folks in the church, church communications community that can help you get that set up and, yep. and get up. And that's that's oh, what I, I would say. Get somebody to set it up for you and then you can start doing this. Cause man, I don't have time to figure all that out. That's crazy. Yeah. That's awesome that I you think, can do that. I think one thing that's really kind of carried through our entire conversation has been solving problems that you encounter as a church communicator Yeah, um, and using technology to do it. Um, you know, the year of prayer thing, we had a, we, we could either spend literally like, you know, say two to five hours a week, which is what, a hundred to 250 hours in a year managing that content. Or I can take, you know, 10 hours, set it up on the front end and then automate it. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the clear payoff. Um, it just takes some foresight and really thinking about what problem am I, tra- am I trying to solve? And what are the ways that we can do that? Yeah, that's incredible. So where do you see this um, this microsite or any of these trends really in churches that are doing it right or doing it well enough to kind of pay attention to? What are some of these places we can go to and say, here's here's what we've kind of been talking about today. Here's what it looks like. 
Yeah. So I don't pretend to uh, to to. Or, I don't pretend that I've got it all figured out, um, but I like to say that we're moving in the right direction. So uh, if you follow Summit RDU on any of the socials, uh, you'll see some of this uh, implemented and, and maybe get some ideas for how you can use it as, as a congregation. Um, anytime that I need inspiration, uh, one church that I, that I tend to look at is Village Church. Um, they've always got great stuff um, online. Uh, New Spring as well has has really good content. Elevation put, puts out great content for social, and then also um, has good content on their site too. Um, you know, uh, if you follow like some for follow your blog, for example, or some of the other uh, church communications blogs, um, you know you'll you'll come across these these churches that are just doing a phenomenal job in different areas. Yeah, um, and. You know, some may be strong. Like we're we're not as strong right now in social as we'd like to be, but I think we're we're making progress in other areas. And so uh, the beauty of our community is that um, we're not in competition with one another. And unlike the business world, where it's like, hey, I'm going to guard my secrets in the church world. Uh, now I've been able to call up people all over the the nation, um, churches like. Um, Saddleback or or like Elevation or like The Village and just be like, hey, we're, we're trying to do something like you've done. Uh, how'd you do it? Like, can you help us think through this? Yeah. And people are always more than willing to help out and, and to walk through it because we have the same goal and the same vision and the same mission, and that's to exalt the name of Jesus. Yeah, um, and, it, and it's like Jesus said, you do not have because you do not ask. So no. ask. Ask people yeah. that you see doing it well. Just go hit them up on Twitter. Honestly, that's how I've met so many people, I just hit them up on Twitter or in Facebook and said, Hey, what was that thing you said? How did you do that? Yeah. And, and you know, through Instagram DMS even it's like, that's how I first connected with Brady Shearer. I was like, what's that thing you did that was, you know, forgetting what I asked him. And he responded and I was like, what the heck? He actually responded. Guy's got thousands of followers. Okay. That's awesome. So, you know, there's, there's that community there. I think your, your network and your community of people that are peers, like you said, man, they'll make you so much stronger. So always be willing to ask. What, uh, where can we connect with you online? Where can people find you? Yep. So I am Rob Lauder on all the socials. Uh, it's pronounced Lauder. It looks just like laughter. So if you type Rob and laughter as one word, uh, you'll find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. <laughs> if you go to roblauder.com, you'll find uh, my blog that hasn't been updated uh, since probably last New Year uh, when I got on the New Year's blog kick. Um, but then uh, also check out. Um, you can check out my uh, my uh, agency page, getchurchly.com. I do um, do, do uh, consulting and development for churches as well. So if you're yeah. faced with a problem that you just can't solve, uh, call me up and you know, I'll always give you uh, my two cents on if it's a problem that we can solve together or not. And, um, and, and then, and uh, hang on, hang on. About, about Churchly, we need, we need to mention that. Churchly is a theme for Divi you created, correct? Yeah. So, uh, you know, or a template lots of people me. used, yeah. So lots of people use the Divi theme. Um, it really, the, uh, the best, uh, sermon solution out there has been Eric Merle's, uh, series engine, which is fantastic. Um, but, uh, there's a, a plugin called church theme content. I think it's just church content now that adds, uh, sermons, events, locations, and, and people, uh, to your WordPress site. Mm -hmm. uh, but it requires a compatible theme. And so they sell themes and third, third party developers create themes. And I was like, I really want to use this with Divi. 
Uh, so I built Churchly as a way to connect church content with the Divi theme. Uh, it's a child theme, kind of sits between the two, and lets you um, display your sermons on your website with uh, with Divi's drag and drop builder. Um, currently working on a new version of that that you know, more fully integrates with the builder. Um, so don't don't go buy it now. Uh, I know it's funny to say that, <laughs> but wait a little while. And, um, I created this product. Be... I'm selling it. Don't buy it. Right. There's just there's, wait. There, there are better things coming. Um, <laughs> No, check it out. Get, get churchly.com. That's probably a better uh, advertisement than anything you could have done. Like, Oh, well now right. I want to buy it. Right. Like I have a button on my page that says don't click. And I tell you, that's the most click button <laughs> on my page is the, yep. and it takes you somewhere too. You should go to my website and see it, see what it does. Go there and not click it. Go to sethmuse.com and don't click the button. I dare I you. Won't. I won't. <laughs> well, uh, where else can we connect with you? Uh, check out Summit as well. Um, our social media manager, her name's Kayla. She's doing great stuff. Um, and you can kind of see some of these things in action over the next year. And um, I hope you can learn a little bit from us. And then also, if you see something that we're not doing that we can do, you can tweet me at Rob Water, and then I'll go fix it on somebody already. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, Rob, yeah. thank you so much, man. It's It's been a really deep conversation of uh, some really detailed stuff that I think a lot of people are going to find a lot of value in because websites I think are scary for most of us. And, you know, there's a lot of stuff we don't understand, especially if you come from the pastoral world and you've never messed with, with, with any kind of technical side of ministry at all, or, or websites are brand new. I know for me, when I started, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's no way I'm ever going to touch websites. And I said that for years. And then here I am in charge of one. So, you know, it's, it's like people like you helping us out is why. So thanks for everything you've given us on this podcast, man. This is a great, great content. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. And I hope I can be of value for some folks, um, both online and off. Absolutely. And I'll put all this, all the things we've talked about links wise in the show notes. So you can go check those out and uh, thank you guys so much for listening. That's our show for today. And we'll be back in two weeks. See you later. Bye. Bye.